The psychedelic revolution is here. If you want to integrate your visionary experiences into your purpose, get clear on your entrepreneurial path and help people while you do what you love, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to The Psychedelic Entrepreneur, medicine for these times. I'm your host, Beth Weinstein. I'm a spiritual business coach, three-time entrepreneur, and a lifelong student of psychedelics and sacred plant medicines. You carry your own unique medicine, and your medicine is what we need for these times. This podcast will help you to share your medicine so you can create transformation in the world. Listen in on conversations with psychedelic leaders, change makers, and conscious entrepreneurs who are living proof that a better world is possible when you follow your heart and live in alignment with your soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Psychedelic Entrepreneur Medicine for These Times. I'm Beth Weinstein, and I'm here with my friend, Trisha Eastman. Hey, Trisha. Thanks for being with us. Hi, I'm so happy to be here and so happy for us to be jamming together again. <laughs> I know I love I love interviewing you. I love talking to you. It's I, I actually I'm like, okay, I have to watch myself to not talk too much with Trisha because I feel like we could talk for hours. <laughs> so Trisha, um, you know, I have some questions to ask you about you know, the medicine you work with and entrepreneurship, because that's what this podcast is all about. But just in case someone doesn't know you who's listening, can you share a little bit of your story and what it is that you do and how you got there, you know, how you became this this leader, especially a woman in the psychedelic space and facilitating all over the world? You know, tell people what brought you onto this path. You know, I really am so humbled and grateful that I get to be on this path. Like I wake up every morning like, wow, I'm I'm like I want to pinch myself. And um, it started myself, you know, just growing up with a crazy amount of trauma, you know, a lot of it ancestral. And, um, you know, coming to the medicines uh, later in life, um, I was uh, married, uh, had, you know, the American dream, pretty much as any successful entrepreneur would have, like six-figure job. I owned four houses. I thought I had the perfect life and everything I could possibly want. But inside, I just felt like anxious and, you know, I would say even depressed. And and I, I just couldn't figure out what it was. And um, there was a moment I remember one of my teachers came to me and said, you know, you're 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 smiling on the outside, but you're not smiling on the inside. And I really wanted to, like, do anything to just feel that authentic, like being in the present moment and feeling like my inner and outer world like matched. And so I um, was reading this book called Plant Spirit Medicine, which was talking about ayahuasca. And I had done a lot of psychedelics, not in any kind of ceremonial container. And, you know, I had had this dream, okay, I'm going to go to the jungles of Peru and I'm going to uh, work with this medicine someday. But I had no idea in um, my spiritual awakening, which was nearly a decade ago, that, um, you know, I would end up moving to Los Angeles and get invited to an ayahuasca ceremony from a curandera who was traveling from, um, actually, sorry, a taita who was traveling from uh, Colombia. And uh, that was a really important experience in my life because that was like really venturing into this idea that medicine could be held in a sacred container. And although it was very um, 
big of an experience for me. It was still very disorienting. Um, like my father um, is uh, schizophrenic. And so, you know, I had a lot of fear around using certain substances because I was afraid I might break my brain. I didn't realize now we know with the research that you can actually heal your brain with with mm-hmm. these amazing substances. So years um, down the road, um, so uh, about six years ago, um, I met uh, this guy, Martin Polanco, and he owns a center in Mexico, or he did own a center in Mexico called Crossroads. And Crossroads uh, is a center working with a molecule from the plant Iboga called Abogain, which is a plant native to equatorial Africa in a country called Gabon. And so here I am, you know, meeting him for the first time. And I told him I have had these uh, severe issues with eating disorders my whole entire life. And all I really wanted to do was get to the core of that. I was willing to make any sacrifice. And I already had. I told him, you know, I divorced my husband. I gave up my four houses. I literally went broke. I was sleeping on couches because I was going through this, like, I would call it like kundalini awakening experience. So I went from like rags to riches to riches you know, again, you know, like back and forth because um, I had to give it all up to kind of rebuild myself again. So I told him I wanted to um, heal my eating disorders. And I knew that if Iboga could um, cure opiate addiction, then what could it do for food addiction? And he said, I I, I don't really know because we've never, you know, seen any studies done on this. This was a while ago, a while ago before there was as many, you know, psychedelic research studies happening. And so um, he said, let's do an experiment. So I went in and I sat with the medicine uh, at the center in, in Tijuana. I had a really profound an awakening experience in like fully actually loving myself for the first Mm. time. And I can't even tell you like how many self-help books I read of like, like what does loving myself actually mean? And, and I really had that moment of singularity of really understanding how I was part of something bigger and not this separate egoic being or body that was separate from other things. And here I was separating out my body parts or my mind or things about myself and, and judging them when it's part of a bigger, more complex and beautiful system. And so that was the first time I really grounded truly into my, myself of who I am um, in relation to the cosmos. And so um, in that experience, I said to the medicine, um, thank you so much. How can I be of service to mm-hmm. you? And the medicine answered very quickly. Within three weeks, I received an invitation from Martine to facilitate the new psycho-spiritual program for Crossroads, which was a program working with other things besides addiction for people that wanted to connect to this plant, Iboga or Abogaine. And then at the end of the treatments, you would do one night of ceremony with with the um, Iboga. Uh, You would work with 5-MeO-DMT from the Sonoran Desert Toads. So I got trained to work with with both medicines. And in no way did I ever have any intention to be serving medicine. And I even questioned myself when um, it came about where I was like, I'm not a shaman. I had, you know, sat in that ayahuasca ceremony and and several others after that. And I was like, I didn't see myself, you know, like this is a 10-year training process. And so Mm -hmm. here I am, you know, uh, 
six years later, you know, went to Africa, got initiated in several traditions in the Fong tradition of Bwiti, as well as in the Gonde Masoko tradition of Bwiti, um, really integrating um, the different branches into my work because I really um, felt that I needed to be in integrity with that medicine in, you know, my first encounter in, in Mexico being very different than, than how I know and practice uh, the work that I do today. Wow. This is so incredible. So you've said a lot of things um, that I want to ask about, but there's two in particular. One is this idea of learning to truly love yourself. I actually, you know, I, I coach a lot of people to start and grow their businesses. A lot of people who actually work with psychedelics and sacred plant medicines who are on this really heart-centered path to their own awakening of, you know, how they want to be in service in the world. And I'm constantly saying that this journey in entrepreneurship is self-love. I'm on such a deep level. It's like a new level of loving yourself and believing in yourself and having confidence. And, um, and the other thing you mentioned was asking to be in service. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, the universe kind of did it for you in a way. Um, mm -hmm. What is your belief about this? Because I have found, you know, and I, again, this is a, a lot of things I constantly tell my clients, like, look, just ask, you know, ask for guidance, ask how you can be of service, you know, and you will be shown the way. But do you find that this happens more with people who are working with these really um, powerful medicines? Like, is this something it's correlated or what do you think's happening? You know, how do you explain it all? <laughs> mm. So in terms of this idea of, of really engaging with your environment and engaging with the universe, is, is that what you mean in terms of finding your path? Yeah. Yeah. And then also just that, yeah, that question of like, okay, how can I give back or how can I be of service? And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. it just lands in your lap. Like you don't even do anything. Yeah, and I've well, seen this happen a lot with entrepreneurs where they're like, I don't know, you know, just next thing you know, like me, you know, next thing you know, I had this business. I didn't really even try. Mm, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think that's the beauty. I mean, I think the beauty of psychedelics and the work working with sacred plant medicines is really understanding how, you know, I'll call it the matrix, you know, the, the Mayans call it the Maya, this, this world that we live in, this creation, when we get to step outside of it and look at the inner workings of it, we can realize that there's so many overlays of these different aspects of consciousness that, that really kind of lay out a roadmap for each and every one of us. So, you know, we're being supported by ancestors, we're being supported by guides, um, you know, there's collective trajectories for human consciousness. There's individual trajectories for your life and how you serve. And, and at least that's what I believe from my experience over the last six years, working with over 1,500 people and witnessing people going on these journeys is that, you know, there really is a trail of breadcrumbs that is being laid out. And I think what happens is as um, a society and as a society that has been so separated from the natural world, meaning not just nature, but also the spirit world, because the spirit world is nature as well. Um, 
that when we get separated from that world, we start to lose touch with these subtle energies and these subtle senses. And literally all the little Easter eggs and clues for that path of where you're supposed to go next, that's where they're hiding. That's where they are. And sometimes, even though we're disconnected, we're just like lucky by the grace of the universe because ultimately underneath it is so much grace. Uh, that we stumble across those and we find our path, even if we're a total mess. Uh, but if we if we really learn to hone those energies within ourselves and we really learn how to listen with all of our listening senses, then we can basically like really easily find that path. And the closer we are to hitting that mark, the more flow we have, the more awesomeness, the more abundance. Like like the universe wants us to be abundant. The universe wants us to be happy. The universe wants us to be joyous. And then the cool part is, if you choose to serve, you can say, you know, I want to be a vessel for awesomeness for others. Like I want to bring in wealth and abundance to support the things that I think are awesome that mm-hmm. I want to see happen in the world. Like I want to see conscious communities starting. I want to see people growing their own food. I want to mm-hmm. see people having clean water. So I want to be a, be- a vessel for that. And then you go to the medicine or you go to your prayer or whatever spiritual practices you have and you bring that. And the spirit world answers, the guides answer, the medicine answers and helps you to like walk that path. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love when we get to talk about money and abundance too, because Mm -hmm. I believe in this as well. And it's, it's the irony is the more I just show up in pure, like I, I pray with my land. I, you know, I'm constantly looking outside and talking to the trees and say, okay, guide me today. Like show me what I'm here to do and how I can be in service to the earth. And the more I've been doing that over the years, the more everything just, it's like, all you have to do is follow those, I call them the golden nuggets, you know, like you Mm -hmm. mentioned the Easter eggs. It's like, just pay attention. And yeah, if there's something you've been feeling for, you know, I've, this podcast, for example, I kept feeling it for, you know, a couple years now. I was like, well, okay, got to do it this year. You know, um, a program I'm, I'm about to launch in a couple months. It was like, downloaded, you know, sober downloaded all, you know, Mm -hmm. over and over and over. I'm like, well, okay, I've learned now that that must mean something (laughs) like universe wants me to try it, you know, no attachments, see what happens. Um, Mm -hmm. but let me ask, like, even I'm sure, you know, it's so weird that you mentioned you've only been at this for six years. This is, it's crazy. You know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, or I think I did tell you once that I saw you speak in New York City at the Alchemist Kitchen yes. on death. And it was 5-MEO DMT and death. I forgot the name of your your talk, but I remember being like, whoa, this, this woman is amazing. Um, it seems like that was eons ago, though. Um, yeah. But, you know, let me ask, like, in your, as you started this journey into becoming a facilitator and a leader and, you know, hosting retreats around the world and holding the space for these 1,500 people, which is, uh, that's a lot. Wow, that's amazing. You know, were there ever these dark times where you questioned yourself or questioned your journey or, you know, like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I doing? Maybe I should go back to you know, I think you were in sales or something like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, did you ever have any of those those doubting moments? And if so, what brought you out of them? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting for me because um, 
I did have a history of, of studying healing and the healing arts for many years. Like I started when I was age 20, I'm 40 now. So, um, you know, I, I've been in the healing arts and, and the company that I worked for, for, you know, nearly a decade was also, um, in, in the healing arts. So I was doing a lot of work with spa and wellness and consulting. And, and so I think like I've always been in that space of, of healing. So it was like a really easy transition being called and to this other other higher purpose and I really had dedicated myself over the five years before that like so I left my husband um that was back I think in like 2011 but I had really got into this this work and I had this moment and it's really funny because I read the the Tim Ferriss four-hour work week oh yeah and that totally. was like a big moment for me, me too. I was like a workaholic like a total workaholic and I'm like wait a second, I don't have to work, be a workaholic. I can work four hours a week. And so that's when I started really creating the space for my spiritual practices. And I actually, like, right after I read the book, I took off to Buenos Aires and, like, just, like, kind of went on this, like, spiritual, like, journey, like, finding myself. And I spent, like, five years doing that. And in that path, as I had shared with you, like, you know, I moved to LA. I had no idea the environment of LA. And it was so different than where I'd lived my whole life, which is Seattle, Seattle, Washington, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a very different, you know, different people, different, mm-hmm. different way of, of being. And, um, it was a bit of a shock for me finding my balance with the with the culture and the way, you know, especially going through this this big awakening process. And so I definitely lost my grounding and in losing my grounding, I lost kind of my abundance codes for a short period of time where it was like really hard for me to manifest. And I'm really grateful for that time because like that's what allowed me to kind of step into that. Like it was almost like Burning Man where like I had nothing, but I just had to totally trust the universe. And so it was my hardest time and it was my greatest time. Like I'm like, man, thinking back to like 2012, 2013, and I look at like the energy now and I'm like, why were things so awesome then? It was like felt like the whole year was like Burning Man and like divine flow and all this stuff. And even though things looked horrible on one side, it was like really awesome. And then I'm like, but now it's like, you know, it is what it is right now. But um, I would say that was probably like the hardest time for me. Like I would say my dark night of the soul, but really in that time, it made me choose. Like it made me really choose to be here on this planet Mm. in the sense of like really showing up and sharing my gifts in a big way. And um, it really um, just allowed me to come into integrity that you can have both. Like you can have um, a spiritual life and be aligned spiritually and be in full integrity and have abundance. And and that was really important for me. Uh, Yes, you know what, I love this. I'm like, wow, I didn't know our stories were so congruent. Um, Mm -hmm. I got laid off from a job in very late 2011 and, you know, I kind of knew it was coming because the company had got bought out. So I went and traveled around India and Cambodia and and Vietnam and I forgot where else I went to like two or three other countries. But I remember I was in um, Cambodia on a beach and I I read the four hour work week. I had (laughs) read all these other books. I had read... um, What's his name? I forgot what it was called, but like the founder of Tom's Shoes wrote a book and it was about yeah. like having a meaningful business. And I was like, I know I'm here for something more. And that's when everything just started shifting. And then I also hit my like crazy initiation 
in 2013, um, it was actually my first burn too, it was 2013. And about like six, seven months before I had this like mystery illness that to this day, no one knows what it was. And I remember yeah. choosing, I was laying on the floor, like crying because I was kind of between jobs and I was consulting and barely making money. And it was very similar. Like I was like, I always, I've always had like good jobs and good money. And like, all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, like I'm laying on the floor broke with a mystery illness. I couldn't even like hear out of my brain wow. or out of my ear and like couldn't think straight. And I remember there was something in me that, cause I actually felt like it was in my, I was about to get a CAT scan in my brain. And, um, and I knew there was something in me choosing, you can choose to live or you could choose to go. And that I remember having this moment. I'm, I was literally like the floor of my New York City apartment. And I was like, no, I, I want to live. Like I'm here for more. And then all of a sudden it was like life took off. Um, mm -hmm. But thank you so much for sharing that. I, I love hearing these dark and out of the soul stories because I, I truly believe and I talk about this a lot. You know, I see this with my own clients or a lot of times people come to me after going through something like this. And then they're mm -hmm. like, okay, I've seen the light. I know I'm here to do something more. I have to listen to my heart. There's something pulling me. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're on this medicine path, it's it's kind of like no joke. Like after a while, you know, the universe will do it for you, whether you like it or not. You know, like you yeah. can't hide and lie to yourself and live a life of, you know, in, in that kind of um that non, you know, I, I call it this is that non-authentic, you know, unliberated life where you're like shackled, you eventually are going to be forced to do it because that's to me the expansion that the universe wants us to all have. Like you mentioned, like it's the law of nature to be abundant, to be in harmony, to be in good health. Um, so let me ask, you know, speaking of this, um, you know, I, I want to be candid here and say, so I personally have been contemplating working with Iboga for about like two and a half years now. Um, I originally many years ago said, no way, I will never do that. And then it's come up so much the last few years where I've, you know, a couple people who I also thought would never do it, did it. And, you know, I, I actually witnessed transformation in them. And, um, you know, I spoke to Trisha actually the other month asking, because I've now been getting serious about like, okay, maybe this year, or maybe now it's maybe now it's like 2022. Mm -hmm. But you said something to me that really resonated about um, working with a lot of, you know, leaders and entrepreneurs and people mm -hmm. who are really dedicated to what I call conscious entrepreneurship, creating change on the planet. And then, of course, there's like facilitators and probably um, therapists and people who do mm -hmm. transformational work. Can you tell tell the audience a little bit more about how you think medicine like, you know, Iboga or even Toad? And I know mm -hmm. so I have worked with the Toad, um, the 5-MeO-DMT, Bufo, and I do know that that blew me into a totally different alignment where, you know, like it brought me onto the path, even though that wasn't quite my intention for doing it. But how do you feel that these medicines, um, you know, facilitate this? And why do you, why did you say that to me about, um, you know, leaders are being called to this medicine? Like, because it really hit me hard. I was like, wow, she's right. Like, if we want to, you know, create change on this planet, we have to like, <laughs> we can't be stuck in like, you know, our shit for very long. Right. Um, but tell us a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, the one thing about the medicine path is that, you know, it is the fastest way to understand what your own blockages are. And there are no shortcuts. I don't mean it as in the fast, but it's like if you keep doing the wrong things all the time, which unfortunately a big percentage of our culture is is highly engaged in giving so much of its power to addictive behaviors, whether it's your cell phone or soda pop or, you know, uh, Netflix or whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone, you know, we all have our little vices and, um, you know, really, I feel like the medicines can help us really get to the core of, of why we do the things that we do so that we can spend more focused energy on the things that we really love and the things that we want to be doing. And then there's so much more space to serve. You know, think about all the time that people are doing those things and how, you know, they could be spending that time giving back and in in the way that's most aligned with their heart. And so, you know, what I had said to you specifically about Iboga was that I really believe that it's the medicine of masters. And it's the medicine of masters in the sense that you don't just step into it. Like it's it's not for everybody. It's, you know, I love um, Eamon, Eamon of, uh, of uh, uh, the um, Life is a Festival yeah. podcast had said it's the Mount Everest of, of psychedelics. <laughs> and I, I truly believe that. Like um, it's one of the medicines that um, really takes you directly into you. And not only that, but it has its own mechanisms to basically lock you out from looking at anything else but you. And so it can be really uncomfortable. It can be really painful. It can be long and grueling. But in the end, you know, you you really um, feel great because you've actually faced the things that you need to face in your life. And, and that's truly why someone can come in um, to, you know, the work with Abogaine, for instance, which is just one of the molecules from Iboga, this beautiful plant, um, and and release um, their their physical cravings uh, from addiction because it, it creates such a great reset. Um, but for those that are um, really looking to reclaim their power, heal their trauma, um, really step forward and serve in a big way, you know, we, we're uh, more than anyone else. Do I see? entrepreneurs wanting to constantly look at themselves and to find the best coaches, the best tools, the best supplements, the best biohacks, the best everything to really um, do the best they can to show up in their best way in their work. And, And in my opinion, this is one of those top tools for that um, to happen. Yes, yes. No, I, I love that you said this and I love it. The master of plants. And um, I, you know, it's interesting. I guess you're right. I've never really thought about that. I mean, although I look all around me and I'm like, yeah, all my friends who are entrepreneurs, which most of my friends are entrepreneurs, they're all doing the deep inner work Um, mm-hmm. because in the end, I do believe the success, quote unquote, in entrepreneurship 
is to let go of all these, you know, ego-based, you know, whatever it might be, like traumas or clinging or attachments or projecting, which I see a lot in the coaching industry, a lot of mm -hmm. projections of your own unhealed stuff onto your clients and to others. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not serving anybody. I mean, maybe it's making you some income, but it's not like the real depths of service. So you're right. Um, and I, you know, I've been feeling into it more and more and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to be ready you know, the, the practices I've been doing just without any medicine have really been preparing me internally for that kind of challenge of a, of a journey. You know, it's a, there's a part of me that knows because I've already had so many pretty intense journeys with other medicines to the point where all of us listening have probably had that happen once where you're like, I'm never doing this again. But, um, <laughs> but you realize, you know, it's it's to me this on, on such a level, this is what the earth needs right now is for people to get really uncomfortable and take an honest to God look at what it is that's blocking you, what's inside you, the traumas that are unhealed that mm -hmm. really help you show up in service. Um, one thing I want to ask about is we all know that every day there's more and more people who want to be facilitators doing the mm -hmm. work that you do or, you know, facilitate with mushrooms or even, you know, there's microdosing facilitators now. I mean, there's everything. Um, and I, I assume you probably get a lot of facilitators also who want to work with Iboga because they're probably mm -hmm. a lot like the rest of us on Medicine Path. And if you haven't done it, you know, it's kind of like eventually that that one thing. But um. You know, what do you what do you have to say about facilitators? Because it's kind of this this strange area where, you know, I try to get non-judgmental, you know, to, to each their own. I don't believe there is a right or a wrong. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, what would you say to people who are like aspiring, you know, one on one psilocybin journey space holders um, when it comes to entrepreneurship or their own inner work? Like, what do you, what do you think of this? Cause I mean, I'm sure you see this as well. It's kind of this growing, I hate, I don't even know what to call it. I'm like, do we, do we call it an industry? Do we call it a career? I mean, <laughs> but it's growing, right? Um, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you think of all this and what would you say about it? You know, it's, it's a really hard question to answer. And I would say it's, it's something that is a big ongoing conversation. Um, you know, who am I to really be the authority to answer that question? But what I would speak to is that I think there is definitely some ego involved in, you know, people sometimes seeking out the path within their own volition. And it can be, you know, their own um, you know, looking for power that they haven't actually found within themselves. And so they're looking at it through some type of archetypal role that they feel will give us the power, which obviously it won't give you that power. Um, and then also, I think that, you know, these traditions have um, a long history and a long lineage, and they are meant to be treated with respect. And in the spirit world, there's protocols. Um, and some of those protocols are related to getting specific blessings from your teacher and asking permission. And it's not really something that you take into your own hands. And it's not because 
you know, oh, someone's better or they have the knowledge that you don't have. It's not that. It's that we just lack the conscious mirrors to really understand that this is a tool that is really, really, really powerful. And there are so many nuances, not just related to ethics and health and legality and You know, so many, like, I mean, we could do just a whole conversation on this question alone that um, it takes a long time. I mean, not only do you have to learn the tradition, but if you're working with Westerners, you have to learn the Western psyche. You have to learn all the different nuances, like, like, like the the hazards of working with, with people on psychiatrics and um, the, and, and by the way, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not claiming to know anything about any of those things. Uh, But you have to understand how to really, um, you know, shepherd that process for another individual in a very complex world that we live in and in a world where people are not coming back into a village in the jungle where they have a community that is surrounding them and loving them and supporting them in their integration. Um, But they're in a fragmented community where a lot of people are, you know, disconnected even more so than ever because of COVID, you Mm -hmm. know, different quarantine regulations and just, you know, protecting this health and safety of the public people are less communal now than they ever have been. And so all of these different aspects to me say like, you know, I really believe it's one of those things like what we were talking about where you were saying, I'm talking to the trees, I'm talking to all these things, like looking for answers, but making sure those answers are really the right answers. Because I've even had people come to me where they said, oh, I'm leading integration groups And I had 10 people ask me to facilitate a mushroom journey for me. So that's a sign that I'm supposed to be a mushroom facilitator because people are asking me if I, you know, but it's, it's really just lack of ignorance in the community of what it means, like the training and the, what goes into, you know, being a facilitator for one of those or sitter for one of, of those experiences. So I think, you know, we have so much to learn. I mean, these traditions are thousands and thousands of years old. We're what, 50 years into the psychedelic movement in our Western culture. That's like, like a smidge. Little newborns. Totally. Newborns. I'm a newborn. I, I know. Yeah, no. Well, thank you. Actually, I was going to ask you about humbleness. Um, I, and thank you for saying this. It's it's always an interesting line. You know, I, I don't necessarily help facilitators grow their facilitation business, but I do have some mm-hmm. clients that are therapists who have studied, you know, with these underground training programs or some people who integrate psychedelics into their business. And then, uh, you know, I have a bunch of clients who are doing psychedelic integration, but it's always been, um, and I'm, I'm thankfully, I'm very particular about who I work with, you know, Mm -hmm. and if someone's, if there's not the right energy or the right vibe or intention behind it, you know, I don't, they usually don't end up working with me anyways, but, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned this because it's come up a lot. And you also mentioned, um, you know, and yes, we could do a whole entire podcast on this because I know it's such a, it's a kind of a questionable issue because then there's the people, you know, the demand is high right now, it seems, mm-hmm. at least from my perspective. I mean, I get random people asking me all the time and this is not something I even offer. Um, mm-hmm. So I know the demand must be high and, 
people don't know where to find it or they don't know who to turn to and then maybe they find it and they don't know who to trust but then they're just kind of like you know mm -hmm. feeling that air of desperation like okay you're offering something let me just go dive in and hope that it works out um mm -hmm. you know are there any is there any advice you can give for people along and and also for the facilitators who are um taking the responsibility to hold this space for another, you know, whether it's private or small groups, um, you know, any advice for them to make sure that it's really held in this integrity and not coming from that place of, I love what you said, from the place of, you know, not fulfilling your own inner power in other ways, like internally <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and wanting to get it from, you know, being in this power type role. Um, any advice for both the facilitators and the seekers? Mm, I would say like, I mean, number one, like let the medicine find you, like let the medicine, like I remember the first time when I was, I had no idea I was being called to ayahuasca and I was like, this is back in the day when people were not talking about ayahuasca, like every conversation, even at the local grocery store, which is how it is here in LA. Uh, but uh, in, um, in, in the time when I first sat, um, it was, it was a lot more of a rare topic. And, and I, and I had heard it being brought up like three times in one day. And I, and I mentioned to someone about that and they're like, oh, that means you must be getting called to the medicine. And I had no idea what that meant. And now here I am telling other people, I'm like, listen for the calling. And, and, you know, someone will tell me, you know, like, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to work with the toad medicine. And then all of a sudden I started seeing toads everywhere and it was like loud and clear like the answer was was clear and you know i've had so many people even people that i've worked with like in my history you know because i travel all around the world working only in countries where it's legal which there's luckily quite a few different places that that don't restrict this work like unfortunately the united states does um and other you know countries do but um, in those countries, I've had people be like, oh, I don't know where I'm going to find this again. Or am I ever going to see, you know, like, like, I'm so sad I won't be able to find. And I'm like, don't worry, it'll find you. And then like, literally, they call me like, like, you know, uh, six months later, and they're like, oh, my God, it found me, I'm, you know, <laughs> and so it's like, really, I think the most important thing about this work is teaching us how to trust and surrender. And mm -hmm. so we have to really approach things with like putting our intention out there. Like if your heart really has that intention to want to connect to the medicine, like put the prayer out there, you know, just like put it out to the universe. And um, there are spirits and ancestors and, and, you know, everyone's listening and they're all, you know, working to, to bring things towards you in the right time. And we are, as manifestors, especially as entrepreneurs, we know that we have this magnetic force that we're able to like call things into our field um, when, when, you know, the time is right. And so um, we have to really trust and, and we can build that force within us, which can make us better at everything that we do. And then I would also say, um, related to just the overall, um, aspects of training and education, um, you know, these, these are, uh, program, the, these, these traditions have, you know, 10 year plus 
training. And a lot of the people that go through these trainings, whether it's, you know, dietas, working with ayahuasca or initiations, going, uh, working with the Bwiti like I did, um, they, they are rigorous processes that take many, many years. You know, some of my experiences have taken like a year to integrate. They were so big, some of my initiations. Um, and so really the path is not something that it's about time. It's, it's really about treading lightly and being in that space of receptivity and listening. And the more that, the more that I see the damage that's happened in the community by lack of experience, the more I believe in a model similar to what MAPS is doing for their psychedelic-assisted therapy, which is the male-female therapy pair. So it's always great when you have you know, a co-facilitator if you're in the path or working, obviously, if you're new, someone who's more experienced than you working in some kind of apprenticeship role, ideally someone who is doing everything on the right path and has the right training and, you know, is not doing harm to others. Um, but um, I really do believe that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. I, I'm constantly telling people, especially when I get the random strangers looking for things, I say, look, just send your attention and it'll find you. I mean, that's what happened to me. That's always what's happened to me with every medicine. And, um, you know, I thought I would drink ayahuasca once and I really had zero intention of ever doing it again. And it just called me like that was that, you know, and I was like, wow, OK, guess this is part of my path for a while. Um but no, thank you. This is that's really, really helpful advice. Um, and you did mention, you know, when you mentioned integration and I, I actually, by the way, I do love the idea of being with a pair um, to also, you know, have a witness and have multiple witnesses. So, you know, mm -hmm. like for me to do a one on one session with a man who I've never met before, I wouldn't actually feel comfortable even if he came recommended, I, I just, especially with the world we're in today, you know, it's like, like yeah. you said, there's been so many um, incidents that have been very damaging. It's very unfortunate because I feel like then it gives a bad name for the facilitators out there who are doing really amazing healing work. Um, mm -hmm. But let's talk for a second about integration. You know, are you finding, especially in the last year, you know, now it's been over a year since COVID has hit, um, you know, have you found that, there's been an increase in people looking for work with medicine. And then number two, are people needing more integration help? Because, you know, like what I've witnessed over the years is there's a lot of people that jump to the medicine and think the medicines are going to solve all their problems, but then, you know, they're not in their body or they don't know how to ground or, you know, maybe it fragments them even more um, or re-traumatizes them or whatever it is. Um, yeah. What have you seen like, the trend going in um, with medicine and with, with this idea of having someone to help you with integration? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously because, you know, the movement of working with psychedelics and plant medicine is just exponentially growing, I would say, you know, obviously more and more people are looking to do this work. Um, but... Um, I would say more and more people are working with medicine and I would say light on the integration than there are people um, really seeking out integration. And I even see like when 
um, you know, when when you look at like um, the idea of spending money on an ayahuasca ceremony versus spending money on an integration package, you know, I definitely see that people are more likely to want to lean towards like, oh, like they feel like they're getting something by doing the ceremony, maybe that they don't feel like they would get from doing the integration. But the integration work sometimes can be just so much more powerful. And we really are shortchanging our trust in the power of these plants by not giving them the opportunity to truly show us what they can do by giving a few months to like really be with them and really not mix them with other medicines and just really sit with that plant and work with that plant. And that doesn't mean you can't microdose with that plant as well, but really build a relationship and an understanding. And when you really truly feel like you know and understand and you've allowed that plant to really be a mirror for you because you understand how it's reflecting back at you, then, um, moving into other things. And, and really, I think the most important thing of all is, you know, things are not going to get easier. You know, we're in a collective initiation right now. You got to get yourself co your self care codes down. Like you mm. got to know, like, what is your daily practices that help you maintain your center? Because the medicine cannot just do all the heavy lifting for you and not have you be bringing that love back in. And at some point you're going to reach a ceiling with the medicine where you're going to stop getting stuff from the medicine if you're not actually doing the work. I am so glad you mentioned that. Um, that's that's actually exactly what happened to me. I went on, I think it was my second dieta in Peru and I got back and I, all of a sudden, like shit just started hitting the fan. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time that I get help with this because it was mm -hmm. like medicine, 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 you know, and then there was, you know, so many missing pieces, embodiment practice, grounding myself, you know, I mean, I, I've always had a daily meditation practice, but that mm -hmm. was pretty much the only other thing I did. And what really started to change my life and actually get the most benefits from the medicine itself was the ongoing integration work. You know, I worked mm -hmm. with, I don't even know what to call her because back then it wasn't called integration coaching, but she was, um, you know, like a spiritual counselor who also works with medicine, who understands how medicine affects us. Mm -hmm. And I agree, um, you know, what I feel like is happening out there on some level is that, and I know this is like with anything, you know, the media and the popularity, um, people are like, oh, okay, well, I'm anxious, depressed, isolated, scared, uncertain, because we are in this crazy initiation. And I keep, I, I agree. I've been telling so many people, I'm like, you guys, this, this is not just going to get easy and go away. There is so much that's going to happen. Um, and we, these are the times that we need to really learn, you know, it's not just the medicine, it's our day to day, our moment to moment, like, how are you going to be? And the medicine I've often seen can, can really, um, actually stir things up even more, you know, it's like, I mean, that's to me, one of the whole points of working with medicine is to bring everything to the surface to be seen. But if you don't have guidance or you don't have support, helping you through that, it's a really rough journey. Or if you're stuffing it all away and or numbing it out with other addictive behaviors, like, okay, let me go back to this or let me move to the next medicine or move to this or like mm -hmm. run and hide or immerse myself in Netflix or shopping, you know, then 
you're not, then the medicine, there's only so much it can do. You know, it's like there's this and then there's that. Um, so it's interesting because I know people aren't quite looking for it yet, but I do feel that integration coaching is going to have to be a big piece of this um, as there's more and more facilitators and then now psychedelic um, assisted therapy and, you know, more people are turning to these medicines, the laws are changing. And I do believe that this conversation, you know, I keep saying to a lot of my clients that we're pioneers, you know, in so mm -hmm. many ways, even though it's, you know, I'm like, we're pioneers, although it's ancient. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, pioneers in this kind of field that hasn't really needed to exist, but it, it's going to be so needed more than ever, um, especially mm -hmm. as, you know, you realize it's not, you know, doing, I, I even had a client many years ago, it was just doing mushrooms every weekend. And I finally was like, girl, like, it's not the mushrooms. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's, you know, cause she would tell me like the mushrooms told me this, the mushrooms told me that. And then, you know, the stories are changed weekly. And I'm like, that's not, that's not healthy. Like then, then it becomes a question of like, what's real, what's illusion, what's the ego, what's, what's the actual, um, you know, the earth and, and spirit telling you and guiding you. Um, okay. So last couple questions. I, I'm curious. So ever since I've known you, which was, I've known about you from before that death talk many years mm -hmm. ago in New York city. And you've always been really, to me, like very public mm -hmm. with your work and, um, thank God because we need leaders speaking about this, but you know, when you first kind of started, you know, like your website was, I think it still is psychedelicjourneys.com, you know, your Instagram, like many, many years ago, was this ever scary for you to come out and speak about psychedelics publicly? You know, even though um, you're doing it in countries where it's legal, even though speaking about it is not illegal and now laws are changing, but has this ever come up for you? Because I know it comes up for a lot of people on this path. You know, I think starting off going to Mexico, doing the work in Mexico, and then like working in Mexico, um, I realized like I think it helped me to kind of release that fear because I was like, like inside me, like the 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 idea and the feeling in my heart that like people need this like so desperately, especially when I started doing this work because it was less available. Um, people so need this that that I feel like that superseded any fears or any things that I that I had and I really feel like I've always had that deep connection you know to that um compass within of you know connecting to my soul and and really listening to my soul and listening to the guidance from the ancestors and the spirit world and um I know that if I if I do things in that right protocol that is a spiritual protocol, um, then um, I'm protected. I do believe that I'm protected. Um, you know, if I'm out there doing it for the wrong reasons and I'm, or let's say my ego gets inflated for, you know, some reason and I get out of integrity, something might happen, you know, and I, I pray that that does. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons it can happen just because you get an inflated ego isn't the reason that you would get in trouble. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, I really do feel strongly, um, that this is important work. And I feel really strongly that, 
we've been wronged as a society because I do feel that it's our birthright to find ourselves. And there's many pathways to do that, to find our true self. Um, and I think that, um, you know, making something illegal like this is, is, is really a disservice to humanity, to, to, to all humanity. Mm, yeah, no, I, and what you just said about, um, really connecting to that, that, knowing in you that it's so important that that's what drives you. Your soul is guiding you, the ancestors, the spirits. Um, you know, I've been saying for years, mission over ego, like mm -hmm. <laughs> just connect to the heart and then your fear-based ego monkey mind. It's like, you know, just, Hey, quiet down, you know, cause it's, it's scary for anybody very often to put themselves out there, especially when they're mm -hmm. new. You know, I help a lot of newer entrepreneurs and, you know, even if they're a life coach, you know, it gets scary mm -hmm. to go all of a sudden come out of your shell and tell people what you're offering. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I love what you just said. And I do agree about this idea of being protected and guided, you know, like, and the more you ask and just have that intention and that prayer, you know, it just seems to come, you know, I used to think that this was kind of made up like marketing, you know, fluff when people said, oh, business is just, it can be so easy to manifest abundance. And I'm like, actually it is like, it's true. Mm -hmm. It can be very easy. Um, when you're really, I do believe it's connection to the heart path, which mm -hmm. these medicines bring you onto. Yeah. Um, so speaking of mission, I know you have such a big mission in life. Um, I want people to know, like, what is it that you're up to this year? What's coming out for you next? Like, I am so excited. <laughs> I don't know how you do everything. I'm like superwoman. Um, but yeah, tell people like what's going on with your business and where to find you. Mm, well, it's really funny because, you know, a lot of times the reason I do the things I do is because it's a spirit calling. And, you know, like, for example, in, in with my nonprofit Ancestral Heart in 2019, um, I was told to bring, you know, several tribes from uh, Gabon, from Ghana, and from uh, South Africa to Burning Man, which was quite a, a task. And that included, you know, doing all the fundraising and organizing and ordering all the equipment and tents for people who have and explaining to people what Burning Man is when they've you know, lived in, in the desert in Africa and, and um, preparing them for the experience. Um, and, and, you know, I took many steps back where I was like, okay, show me that this is really like, I'm not making this up because like, you know, that's a lot of work. I'm not like signing up unless it's a clear calling. So my, 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 um, most recent one was right before COVID. Um, the spirit showed me the Island of the Azores and said that I was to build a center there. And so I was like, okay, you want me to move in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> okay. And literally, it was the craziest thing. I started getting blocked and booking all my retreats. Like one of the companies that I, one of the centers in Costa Rica sent me my deposit back. Well, guess when my retreat was booked? The day oh that God. lockdown started in California for COVID. So I'm like, oh, oh my God. God, spirit was literally blocking me for that, that retreat and for the one in Ibiza, which, you know, would have been like pretty devastating, you know, I mean, I'm sure it would have worked out, but it's expensive to rent these, these centers. And so I'm like, okay, I'm getting blocked. What do you want me to do? And it's, it's showing me, you know, the, the steps to build the center. So 
here I am in COVID. I've already downloaded this um, design of really um, the way of living. And it was really inspired by some time that I was spending with the Kogi people, with Mama Luis and Mama Evangeliste. And um, uh, received this transmission around how to build um, like living structures that are very similar to the indigenous structures. But, you know, I'm not a person, I'm a person of aesthetic. And so, um, you know, I don't want a house made out of mud with worms popping out of my walls, but I want it to be ecological. And, and what, what I found was that this type of bioceramic, uh, concrete that I discovered, um, actually, um, replicates the Schunen resonance of the planet. It vibrates it. So it actually, in a sense, acts like a human battery. So it's just like being in an earthen house and having that grounding feeling of, you know, kind of going back into the womb, like in a cave, but it's beautiful. And so this beautiful transmission came through. I started like riding it up and then I got the message about the Azores. And then literally I made a couple phone calls. Um, to one, I was actually supposed to plan an event in the Azores for someone because I had suggested the Azores because it was coming through so strong. And they were like, well, we want to do something maybe like Mount Etna, maybe, you know, Portugal. And I was like, what about the Azores? So I started like investigating the Azores and I talked to this holistic business and I was like, by the way, you don't know of any land with uh, thermal hot springs for sale, like where I could build a retreat center. And he's like, well, if there was any, then um, I don't think anyone would be selling it if it was like available, like kind of like, you know, that's a hard find. And um, three weeks later, just at the very beginning of lockdown, he's like, I found your land. And synchronistically, he just happened to be having coffee with the building owner next to his building, who he owns a yoga studio. Um, and uh, the building owner next door to him owns some other land and um, introduced me. And I saw the videos of it. And then literally, like in the middle of COVID, like we flew down there as quickly as we possibly could, uh, secured the land and started planning our retreat center. And so, yeah, we're now in the uh, permit approval phase. And hopefully, I mean, there's a few little bugs we have to work out on a couple things related to the budget, but hopefully we'll still be breaking ground in June. You can't make this stuff up. It's amazing. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> I just like opened myself up. I was just like, okay, what do you want now? And I'm like, you know, it's always better than I can think of. So might as well just go along for the ride. <laughs> it's so simple. It's just so simple. Open up, listen, pay attention, and trust. I mean, it's like yeah. humans just, we want to overcomplicate everything. But look what happens when you just listen. And, you know, like you said, it's always, it's always better. It's like, you know, the motto, this or something better. Amazing, mm -hmm. amazing. And then we'll have to have you on when your book is about to come out, but yes, please. We'll, yeah, and we'll have all Trisha's links in the show notes and her free gift, which is an updated 2021 psychedelic integration guide. Trisha, it was so wonderful having you here. I'm definitely going to bring you on again. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. A pleasure as always. Just really love the work that you're doing. And thank you to everyone out there who is watching. Hmm. Thanks. And 
Everybody, be sure to join us next week. We'll have another episode on the psychedelic entrepreneur medicine for these times and have a good one. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're feeling inspired, I'd appreciate it if you showed your love with a review. And check out my YouTube channel where you can find the video version of this podcast. You can also head to BethAWeinstein.com to learn more about me and grab my free business growth trainings. Remember, you carry your own unique medicine and your medicine is what we need for these times.